Hey guys, it's the last Sunday of the month, and you know what that means. Now, this is kind of a somber occasion, because if you saw the time headline, I realized that I can't really keep up with AEW versus WWE, or even the main companies, such as like Impact and New Japan, or even small companies that are coming up, like GCW and the quote-unquote unhiatus Ring of Honor right now, so I mean... And there's no more so-called Wednesday Night War because AEW pretty much ran over NXT. So bad. It was so bad, Vince just took it over. I mean, that's how bad it was. He just took it the fuck over. That's how bad that so-called Wednesday Night War was. I mean, so. And honestly, I only watched, like, AEW Dark and NWA Power, like, on a somewhat semi-regular basis, kind of. Because I'm just so busy with my day job and acting classes and occasional like bookings but more, but one promise I make to my fans that I can promise you like the very last Sunday of every month you will get a fresh pair station no matter what I mean, so as long as I'm doing the show you know and it might be a movie review or my new series where I'm going to start like next month actually called Adventures of a Zealous Actor or Adventures of a Z-list non-union actor, technically. That's the technical term for it, I guess. Even so. Which would be totally different from, like, some wrestling shit. And even though some wrestling shit was probably, honestly, the most popular show I put on the Paris station, you know, I realized that I really can't do it because, like, it wouldn't honor, like, the fans of that show or of that series that I was doing. And it wouldn't honor me because I can't, give my life over to that because I don't watch that much wrestling anymore unfortunately I mean so I still watch it I mean I'll always be a fan of pro wrestling I've been a fan of pro wrestling since I was like 6 years old when my grandma put me in front of the TV like every Saturday night and we watched like big time wrestling or for you Texas fans that's world class championship wrestling or WCCW you know home of the Von Erics, the Freebirds Bruiser Brody who else Gio Hernandez Chris Adams you know and, like, future stars, like, you know, The Undertaker, who was the master of pain, The Ultimate Warrior, Shawn Michaels, who did the first moonsault in America, technically. And I think I have so many stories and so many memories of pro wrestling that I can remember from, like, now till, like, you know, the Hulkamir area, which I really didn't pay attention to because I thought Hogan was fucking corny as fuck, you know. But then the Add to era with Stone Cold Steve Austin, who I knew as Stunning Steve Austin in Dallas, Texas, in like the last days of world class and the beginning of the USWA, and then his time in like WCW and his time in ECW and the not pre Austin free 16, but it's kind of like superstar Steve Austin ECW, which if you see it, it's an amazing promo they did, you know. Oh my god, I mean, so. And also, I was like one of those guys who would watch, like, sorry, not watch, but read stuff like Wrestling Inc. Incorporated. And also still watch, like, the ups and downs with Simon Miller on what culture and what culture wrestling, you know. And even, like, and I still, like, watch stuff like Parts of Unknown that, like, Am Blompier does, actually, now. And, you know, he's had his problems with, like, that, you know, looking at it, Me Too and everything else, you know what I mean? Alan Blompier's shit, in my opinion, is just bullshit. He pretty much uses power 
to get a chick to fucking flash her tits. Let's be fucking real about it, you know. And if you're saying, oh, that's misogynistic, like, yeah, he's a horny young man. I'm fucking sorry, okay? And he didn't rape her. He didn't. Uh, he didn't really violate her, in my opinion. He pretty much, like, used his power to get her to, like, you know, show her goods a little bit, you know what I mean? So, and do other stuff, mind you. I mean, am I defending on Bompier? You know what? Honestly, no. And so, he did what he did. He was a young, dumb, full come motherfucker. You know, he missed dumb shit, you know. When you're young, you do stupid shit. You just fucking do, you know. Because Lord knows I've done a lot of dumb shit. I mean, so, holy crap. Like, in my teens, in my 20s, in my early 30s, I mean, fuck, Jesus guys. You know, I've done a lot of stupid shit. Holy shit. Oh, my God. But, and there's also, like, cultaholic.com, actually, you know, which is pretty much, like, you call it, like, the WCW to, like, what culture wrestling's WWE at the time, kind of, you know. But even then, cultaholic's not really a thing anymore, you know. It's, like, it's pretty much, like, what culture wrestling and, like, parts of unknown. Because I really haven't heard Jack Schiff from Cultaholic, actually, in a long while, kind of think of it, you know. Not even, like, what's his name, you know. King Ross, you know, like, you know, John Clock motherfucker King Ross. I haven't heard anything from him or, like, Cultaholic in a while. Like, I'm not sure... They're even a fucking thing. I mean, so, I mean, but then I really haven't been paying attention, really. I mean, occasionally I watch, like, Botchamania when I have the time, kind of, you know, like a little extra time, you know. Watch the ups and downs for, like, Dynamite. Occasionally for, like, SmackDown. None for Raw because Raw is fucking boring. It literally is Raw is bore right now. It's like, you know, it's so boring. Except more recently I just read, like, on Wrestling Inc. that, like, Ronda Rousey came back to fight big-time Vex. Which is really interesting because now it seems like the roles are actually reversed now. And Robert, Ronda Rousey is the fucking babyface. I mean, you know. But I haven't watched the show because I don't have time to watch the show. And I'm still trying to get fucking Wi-Fi for my fucking little trailer in Koreatown. So, but, have me all do that, you know. That is what fucking is, I guess. I don't know. But, um... I realized that I can't really, like, honor what's going on, like, week by week by week, or story by story, by angle, by angle, by angle. Can't do it, you know, because all my stuff that I can't really do, I mean, so, but one thing I'm going to do, just to kind of, like, wrap this up, I'm going to, like, talk about some stuff that's kind of stuck in my mind a little bit in the past couple of months, kind of, you know, that I need to, like, just take my take on and it'll be like my final take on anything wrestling related so with that and I drink a 24 ounce of old English while I do this right now but it's gonna be like the last thing I'll say but anything else I'm not gonna really talk about like wrestling anymore not really because it's kind of like I'll see like Lucha Boom I'll see like AEW when they come WWE, I don't know about ever seen WWE live because I've never seen it. I've seen WCW live, I've seen Impact Wrestling live, I've seen like bar wrestling or now above the bar wrestling, you know. Poor Joey Ryan got like me too and shit, you know, so so bar wrestling technically doesn't exist anymore. 
I try to go to a Lucha show, but I couldn't find it. What else? Um, I've done like I've seen some California Indies, Impact, MCAW, and old school. I'm talking 1992 WCW. And so I'm talking about Sting before the Crow, the Steiner Brothers, you know, Sid Vicious, Elegante, who else? Fine Brian Pillman before he became a loose cannon. Tom Zink, God rest his soul. You know, people like that, you know, like, like, you know, Stunning Steve Austin, you know, Cactus Jack, you know, I mean, before he became Mick Foley or Mankind, you know, or Badass Vader before, like, WWE pussyfied him, you know, sorry, WWF pussyfied him, you know, and he made him got to, like, motherfucking Shawn Michaels. You know, I respect Shawn Michaels as an athlete, but seriously, fuck him, you know. Fuck him as Christian faith. Well, not as Christian faith. His faith is faith. Whatever. But um, because I'm not Christian, I mean, but now I'm rambling a bit. But you know what? The way Shawn Michaels was back then, when he was the WWF kingpin, and how he clowned there because he was quote unquote too stiff and blah blah. Especially that one shot, like when he came to do like a um, L drop, and he went move. And kicked Vader in the face and kind of punked Vader, you know. I'll, I know he's a Christian, but seriously, still, fuck him. Who cares? I mean, so, whatever. But, but, now, this is literally just the intro, actually. So, I mean, so, before I do, like, this final some wrestling shit, so I'm gonna, like, you know, wrap up a couple things, say my final goodbyes to this series from the Paris Station. I'm going to concentrate, like, on my new show, will be my next show, which, as I call it, is, like, Avengers of, like, a Z-list non-union actor. So, let's get to, like, this final, some wrestling shit. Now, let's talk about one of the, ahem, elephants in the room, online with the IWC, kind of, you know, pretty much Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti, you know, kind of hooking up, actually, you know, now, if you guys don't know the backstory a little bit, Ty Conti pretty much left her husband of like so many years recently. They just got a divorce, kind of, you know. And Sammy Guevara pretty much left like his very loyal girlfriend, you know what I mean? After like asking her to marry him like maybe a month and a half before, kind of, you know. But then they decided, you know, to break up. And they did the basic obligatory, you know, like, please don't like bug our families at this very important time, yada, 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 you know, all that shit, you know, and then most recently, literally out of the blue, and it might be a joke post, I don't fucking know, that pretty much Sammy Guevara and Ty Condi met Ty Condi's parents, kind of, you know, and it's been a big, like, big motherfucking wrestling soap opera, I did this, like, on Wrestling Inc., kind of, I said, this is pretty much the, um, pro wrestling version of, like, Brangelina, kind of, you know what I mean, so, and for you younger guys, Brangelina was pretty much like Brad Pitt, Andrew Jolie, Brad Pitt led Jeffrey Aston, yada, yada, yada. And for some of you older fans, kind of, you know, it's pretty much like when this smug named A. Fisher left Debbie Reynolds, you know, singing the rain, you know, Hollywood icon for the very hot, very sexy, very on Liz Taylor, you know what I mean? And that's kind of like some old, old school, like Hollywood, like adultery romance, kind of, you know what I mean? That's kind of thing, but like, but 
I'm going to take a different take on it here, actually, you know, and I scrolled this drunkly last night, you know, when I was writing this show, because when I write something, I'm usually really drunk when I write shit for some wrestling shit, but here's the thing with, like, Santa Guevara, and I don't really hate on Santa Guevara for, like, you know, a, let's be, hate selling asshole, but he upgraded, you know, he upgraded from, like, his, you know, she's, like, a nice girl, she's, but she's kind of, like, homely, you know, and she wasn't going to go where he needed to go. I mean, so, I mean, not to be, like, an asshole about it, you know what I mean, so, but, but, you know what, he actually just, like, he traded up, you know what I mean, like, when you have an old car, I mean, you trade for, like, a new one when you get new money, because right now, Sammy has, like, new money, he's young, he's very good-looking, you know what I mean, Ty Conti was with this guy for a long time, you know, that shit broke up, and let's just say, let's be fucking real. Let's say that, like, I'm not saying that they did anything. It's none of my business that they fucking did. You know what I mean? But let's just say that probably in AEW, Ty and Sammy were, you know, quote, talking. They were, like, talking. They didn't do anything major, but they were definitely, you know, talking. You know what I mean? A bit, you know, about what it will be like in the future if they, you know, got together. Let's be fucking real about this. I mean, so, whatever, but, and, um... Because I'm, and I'm a big, like, proponent of, like, Steve Harvey and his inspirational speeches, you know. It's like, essentially, here's how I see it. It's essentially, like, the head cheerleader pretty much getting together with, like, the quarterback. I mean, you know, it fucking happens. It happens in high school. It happens in real life. In life, you have to trade up. Or you feel you have to trade up because, like, if you don't have a partner or friends who won't go with you to the next level, you really don't need them. You know, so not to be an asshole about it, but yeah, I guess I'm being an asshole about it. <laughs> so, but, um, I mean, it's life. I mean, so, I mean, and I'm just saying like Sammy Guevara pretty much like he's on the road. He actually has like a girlfriend or future partner who knows his life. You know what I mean? And she's a great arm charm and together they're a great looking young couple. Let's be fucking real about this. I mean, so they're going to be a hot couple and something that, you know, well, it last I means none of us to decide if the show lasts or not. We don't know. And so, but it's like it's pretty much basic evolution, like Triple H said, like a long time ago. It's evolution. You know, you evolve. If they don't evolve with you, you have to leave them behind. You know what I mean? So, and that's I'm guessing that's what kind of happened between like Sam Guevara and his like ex fiance kind of, you know, and to a point, Ty Conti and like her husband. I mean, so. They actually, these guys actually found each other. I mean, so, but the thing is, they didn't do, like, the whole, like, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, China bullshit when Triple H was pretty much, like, fucking Stephanie behind, like, China's back, you know? It doesn't seem like it was that kind of deal, you know, with this situation, kind of, you know? It's pretty much, like, four adults, like, outgrew each other, and they couldn't be together, you know? That's just how it is in real life. I mean, so, so I would say just on my take, and like I said, this is like the last some wrestling shit I'm gonna do. I would say leave these four people the fuck alone. Really, you know, it was what it was with us. But like we as fans, we love soap opera. That's why we watch wrestling. You know, we love drama. I mean, so but the drama is there, but it's not really that there. You know, it's like like let Sammy and Ty like do their thing. I mean, so and we should like come on from that. 
Now, one thing I want to talk about right now, of course, it's like MGF versus CM fucking Punk, actually, you know. And this is going to be a hot fucking match. Holy shit. You have two of the best talkers of, like, the two best generation. You have the best talker in the 2021s, actually, you know, the 2020s, like an MJF, who's a great heel and an amazing talker. And you have fucking motherfucking CM Punk. Holy shit. I mean, you know, the match itself, it's going to be a fucking hot match. And there's, like, this old saying that, like, CM Punk cop talked about, you know, talking people into the fucking building. Both these guys will talk people in the fucking building for their fucking match. That's going to fucking happen. That's just worried on that shit, you know. It's like, you know. And MGF, love him, hate him, what you want to call him, actually, you know, he's a damn good worker. He's an amazing promo. He really is, you know. He makes you want to see his fucking match. And that's a big credit to him, actually, you know, like, and CM Punk, shit, he's CM fucking Punk, okay, you know, probably the best talker of, like, the past generation, you know what I mean, hands down, goddamn, you know, can't fuck with it, you know, like, you know. But when they actually, like, fucking, like, lock fucking fist and shit, it's gonna be fucking hot, that's a fact, I mean, you know, it's like, you know, that's one thing, because, one thing, because, like I said, I haven't been watching, like, Dynamite or Rampage, I just have not have a time, you know, like, and I might redo some wrestling shit because I actually got my fucking Wi-Fi in my fucking place in now, so I actually will, I actually might talk about that, you know what I mean, that's what I'm saying, you know what I mean, so, but right now, I cannot wait until they fucking, like, lock horns, dude, you know, it's gonna be a fucking hot match, okay, you know, straight up, so, that's fact. I just got the opportunity to actually see the match, actually, on, like, AEW Dynamite. So, I mean, you know, really good, fun, entertaining, like, crazy match, actually, you know. CM Punk was, like, the great bay face. MGA was, like, the lowest, the lowest heel, kind of, you know. And there's still that story between him and Warlow, kind of, you know. And, you know, like... Warlow, of course, is going to break away from, like, the pinnacle and MJF, you know. But we're waiting for, like... What would they say? Like, you have to wait and wait and wait until you get that payoff. And that's what's going on right now. And, like, Tony Khan, creatively, is teasing the fans of a breakup, you know. But it's not happening right yet, though. But the match itself is really fun. And the finish, if you haven't seen it, is actually a very sly finish. I mean, you know, I would say about that. I mean, so, I mean... So, all right, that, that was a good thing. I'll just put this little thing on there. I wasn't going to say anything about it because I didn't think I was going to, like, get to see it because but I got my Wi-Fi in my fucking little more home in Koreatown. So, I actually got that done. So, that was actually fun to see. So, but I'm going to talk about, like, the final thing here. So, with that. Now, we got to talk about Matt Cardoro's Glorious career resurrection ever since being shit-canned by WWE. He's become like the poster child. I'm saying that you literally do not need WWE to make a living now. Sometimes you'll need to be in, in WWE. He's like actually proof of that. But this is going to a theory I've been saying for like a long while that you don't need to go there or even be there to be seen as relevant or even make a living in the wrestling business. You know what I mean? So... His kind of like WWE sympathizer character or kind of, you know, quote unquote mainstream like wrestling hero, which pretty much 
goes everything against everything that GCW actually stands for. Because GCW is pretty much like, essentially ECW without the sexy storylines, but more the hardcore shit. And they have like a loyal fan base. It's like living in Philadelphia. But especially with him winning like the TNT digital title of Majority and Grace. And I got to admit, him and his fiance on fucking fire creatively. I've got to say that. I mean, so everything, hey, where he goes is like fucking fun. He's like the lead heel of like GCW with Joy Janela, especially some stuff he did with X-Pac recently. So he's had like this amazing, he turned like a massive negative into an amazing positive. And you got to give it to him for that. I mean, so his whole like WWE shtick, you know, the guy that Vince is like and stuff like that, you know, and he's in being like the very trashy, low-budget, you know, renegade GCW. It's essentially, if you guys know your wrestling history, it's actually similar to um when Mick Foley became, quote-unquote, a WCW sympathizer in ECW when he was going through his heel run after the whole Kane Dewey thing, actually, you know. I actually might watch that later kind of thing a bit. But, um, about that. It's been, like, just amazing, especially when that one time we actually wore, like, Mick Foley's type of, like, red and black flannel jacket at, like, a pay-per-view recently, so it's been brilliant. I really haven't been watching, watching, because, like I said, I only catch, like, Dark and NWA, like, really, I should go more into, like, GCW a little bit. I mean, I should look into it. So that's been really great about that. It's like, and, I mean, will you head back to WWE? Like, I mean, he could take I mean, he could do, like, kind of a CM Punk type of thing, you know. He could win, like, the GCW title and, like, threaten to take it back to, like, WWE or even AEW, maybe. You know what I mean? So, I mean, if Matt Cardone wants to, like, really fan the flames of the GCW crowd, that's what he should fucking do. He should, like, literally win the title again and take it to, like, a bigger company. That would be such heat. I mean, he would get fucking killed. I mean, so, I mean... But, like I said, I gotta say, bravo to Matt Cardona. You know, he's got that. He's got the podcast. He's doing, like, his other stuff, too. He, like, quoted, like, Triple H's, like, DX promo after, like, WrestleMania when Shawn Michaels dropped his Stone Cold Steve Austin. So, I mean, he he did, like, a variation of it. And he actually had his crew, like, him, Brian Myers, Hornswoggle, Chelsea Green, and a couple of people, like, didn't remember because I didn't. I always saw like pictures of it and shit. I mean, so, so that's really how I gotta say. I've got to give up bravo to him, it's amazing and shit. I mean, so good luck. And he should write that shit out until like they don't want to see him anymore or they don't want to see him kill. So, good on him. Now, I'm gonna talk about the little mini angle between like this indie wrestler named Effie who has like an effeminate type of like you know, gayish character, like, you know, character, you know, like, maybe bisexual, you know, kind of like Asian Street, kind of like flamboyantly gay character, but Effie is a hot act on the indies right now, so, I mean, and, like, place that's not WD or AEW, so, and he actually had this thing with Jeff Jarrett, and, like, what he said, like, in, you know, Wrestling Inc., he pretty much said, like, Jeff Jarrett was pretty much, like, a cloud vampire, and... Like it or not, he's kind of on the money about Jeff Jarrett, actually, you know, because Jeff Jarrett, most recently, especially, like, in the 90s, like, late 90s, so that near the end of the Money Night Wars and everything else, he always seemed to, like, 
latch on or suck onto like bigger acts than him. I mean, so first he tried to like get in with like the four horsemen and that didn't work out, even though he's like old school like they are. And for some reason, that didn't fit for him. I thought he would have been like a decent horseman. No matter what, like Stone Cold Steve Austin said, like on the Torsen DVD. But when Stone Cold said that, he might have like a little chip on his shoulder. As we went to like what pretty much how Jerry Jarrett, like Jeff's dad, pretty much stiffed him on payday. And then Jeff Jarrett supposedly or allegedly slapped him on the back on the head and said, it's not going to get any bigger. And so if you are like a wrestling fan, especially at the Monday Night Wars, you kind of may have read the story in like your Stone Cold's book. You know, because so, so said so. Or he's talked about, like, how Jeff Jarrett was just kind of prick, and he was, like, the boss's son. And also, as... And Steve Austin has said, like, he didn't do it as far as payback. He said that, like, Jeff Jarrett wasn't going to lay into him. He was too soft, and he couldn't, like, bust an egg or something, you know. Like, he said, like, lay into him. You know what? The truth's probably a little bit in the middle. You know, it's a little payback, you know, because karma's a bitch, and it'll get you. I mean, so... And Stoko being the star, the megastar he fucking was, you know. If he didn't have to work with Jeff Jarrett, he wasn't going to work with Jeff Jarrett. So that was like, that could be like a big fuck you payback, if you think about it. You know what I mean? So, how is that true to him? But that's just a theory of mine, you know, give or take. So, but, but Effie is right in saying, like, he's, like, he, like, grabs on the shit. He got a little spot in bullet club like the at the time like the coolest like faction on the earth on the planet earth at the time you know he got in that spot and i was like how the fuck did his lame ass get in the fucking bullet club i mean you know but it's for like a new japan tour so that doesn't really matter per se it was like a one-shot deal but even then i was kind of like really jeff jared motherfucker really you know and then all of a sudden like in and you know how Jeff Jarrett talks a bit, like, but he actually has, like, power because there's so many fucking releases from WWE, and some starting to come from AEW, which I'll talk to you in a little bit about that, you know, and talk about that, I mean, so, um, that there's enough talent, like, good talent, like, out there to actually make another company, I mean, you know, I mean, AEW can't suck up everybody, I mean, so, I mean, they got Downhausen, which is like, you know what? He bitch in AEW, it kind of works, I mean, so. I, I think he'd be a bear fit for Impact, but he probably he probably wasn't pitched by Impact, even though he should be pushed by Impact. But, you know, that's never here nor there with that, I guess. And, um, but good for Denhausen. And, um, getting that spot, because he's deserved it, and he earned it. But Jeff Jarrett just seems to suck onto, like, the hottest thing just to make himself seem young, you know, or seem like with it, when he's, like, so outdated and he's so not respected. And so, well, let me rephrase that. Well, let me rephrase that. He's respected, but he's also seen as a little bit of a joke. Think about it. He had TNA, like, this, the number two company, like, way for AEW in the 2000s, actually, you know. And there was a time that the original total nonstop action was the number two company in America. Like, by default, you mean so? But some people might say, what about Ring of Honor? I mean, so, that could be an argument for that. But TNA was, like, the spot. And Jeff Jarrett had, like, Styles, Joe, later on, Booker T, Kurt Angle, Sting. Let me see, Christian. I mean, just all these 
like alias that wasn't used at the time, kind of, you know. But then, for some reason, Fuji's like, bad decisions, all this shit, just so much bullshit you can read. Especially one thing you should read by, like, I think he's called, like, he's called Marky123, also known as, like, the Hawk, kind of, you know. And he talks about, like, the rise and fall of the original TNA and how pretty much him and Dixie Carter and a lot of bullshit just kind of killed that promotion. And I don't call it Impact TNA, even though originally it was TNA, because in my mind, TNA and Impact are two totally different promotions. I mean, so it's a tale of two cities, literally. You know, because TNA for 20 years has been like near death. I mean, so, which is so because they actually like didn't like a celebration like TNA 20 years, which I think it's an awesome thing to say. I mean, so, or Impact Wrestling 20 years. I mean, so, that's the whole thing with that. But I feel like that, that TNA, it's gone. And like, but Jeff Jarrett just has not been really successful like doing a second company, but he's going to try again for some fucking reason. And even though he wasn't even half the promoter like his dad fucking was, I mean, so. Uh, that's near here or there, but like, and they became a strain because of, you know, Vince Russo. And, but that's another story that Jim Cornette will probably gladly tell you about if you hear one of his shoot interviews. And they're a hoot, mind you. And, um, but what else on that? It's kind of like, but then he's kind of realized that, like, Jeff Jerry, like, I just bet you, I plead you, as a fan, please give it the fuck up, man. Okay, you know, just go retire, go to, like, your pyramid scheme that you were doing before, and just kind of go away, man. It's like, you're not relevant anymore, you haven't kept up, and also, it's kind of like, and, oh, and he stole, like, Kurt Angle's wife. I mean, really, that's classy, bruh. Really, man. I mean, so. But then, they're, but still, it's still kind of eh to me. I feel like that, um, he seems like he just, he needs to, needs to be like an old horse that should be shot in the head and go to the glue factory, just business-wise. This is how I feel. I just feel like that just, his, like, booking concepts and everything else, like, even though there's enough talent to make another company, you know what I mean, so, but if you want to do, like, the whole, like, old-school, like, thing, Billy Corgan's got down locked with, like, his version of the NWA, which is kind of hot right now, too, like, not as good as, like, GCW or, like, Impact or something, like, you know. But they have a little niche, you know, they have an okay roster of, like, odds and ends. Like, it's not like the man, the land of Mr. Toys, like, ECW, mind you. But there's some solid hands there. But it's like, other than Nick Aldis, who, for now, he's a baby face. I don't know why, but, you know, and he's fighting, like, his former, like, strictly business partners. But I guess that has to happen. And Nick Aldis, you know, being such a good heel, he's going to be a good baby face, I guess. I don't know. It's just, um, even, like, the NWA is actually, like, kind of more stabilized. They actually brought that power to YouTube in some limited capacity, which is great because I don't feel like watching Fight TV. And they can have, like, this kind of 30-minute Saturday morning show called NWA USA, which is, like, it's cute. It's fun. It's very compact. You can do it in 30 minutes and go on the rest of your day. I mean, so. And it's kind of, like, has the role of, like, AEW Dark, 
or dark elevation, it's like the Java shell. I mean, it's the enhancer talent shell, I mean, essentially. But then you could throw some stuff, you know. I mean, Velvet Sky, love her. Thank God she's free. I mean, so, because sometimes her color commentary is kind of like, meh, you know. But they put Austin Idol there. I'm like, why? Okay. Here's my problem with the NWA, okay? And I feel that Billy wants to bring, like, that old, classic, old-school, traditional NWA, and there's a fan base for that. There's proof. There's a fan base for that. You know, But it's too old-school. Way too old-school. I mean, they have a junior heavyweight championship. Like, who is this? Denny Brown? It's like, is Michael Jackson coming back? What the fuck? Sorry. Michael Jackson, the cruiserweight wrestler, not the singer. Just... What, who are they coming back? It's like, is Bobby Fulton coming back? I mean, you know, I mean, how retro do you need to be? Because I never understood what a cruiserweight was or a light heavyweight. Like, light heavyweight. That makes no fucking sense. You're light, you're a heavyweight. I mean, aren't you a heavyweight? It's like light heavyweight. Would you be a lightweight heavyweight? Or, but I do like the name open weight in like New Japan. I think that's a cool kind of name, actually. So. But that's near here nor there with that, I guess. But I do ask the, the, the question of Jeff Jarrett. What precisely are you going to offer, like, the wrestling fans that no one's really seen? You know what I mean? You can't do New Japan because that's, like, innovative, like, international talent. You can't do the American version, you know, called AEW, which is pretty much, like, New Japan and the WWF. And what I mean, like I said before, it's like, it's the new WWF because everyone who's an actual wrestler wants to go there, okay? Not being a sports entertainer. means like, everyone, like, if you actually like the art and the sport pro wrestling, you have a company that fits to that because and AEW is ironically, in a weird way, AEW is like the modern-day JCP version of the NWA, except on a much bigger scale and with a big, like, bankroll by the Khan family. So, so where's that thing? Like, you have the ultra-violent, like, GCW, if for guys who miss ECW, so you have that. You have, like, Impact, which, I mean, his former company, which is, like, more still while him being there. But it's, it's like, a cute little, like, medium-sized company, kind of, you know. And they have their fans, but they have, like, a fan base that's, stuck, that's like, set for, like, 10 to 20 years, you know what I mean? So... And it's like, they're solid, they're good. I mean, they've elevated, like, their announced team, like, pretty much, like, Aiden English and Tom Phillips, or the former Tom Phillips, and the former Aiden English. They elevated that, actually. The show looks amazing. They got decent hot hands, like fucking William Morrissey, or W. Morrissey, Moose. You got the exhibition coming back. Trey McGill's in that spot right now. Never yeah, But, like, because I saw him live, I thought he was fat, but... He's the extra, like, right now. So, and you got, like, even the knockouts tag is hot with the inspiration leading the way, kind of, you know. And with Mickey James being in, like, the WWE War Rumble, like, the feeling equivalent of the Forbidden Door that everyone was asking about. I mean, so. And right now, Impact's in a good, stable place. I mean, so. And their shows look fucking great. I mean, so, I mean. And Matt Cardona's there, and he's being, like, his great heel tour 
it's actually right now to be good impact. So I just wanted to give Jarrett, like, what are you going to offer the wrestling public? But that's just what I think on that shit. As you can tell, I'm drinking, like, my shots of Bakai Goat Rum. Why I do this show. Why I finish this show. Now, more recently, actually, so on Raw and SmackDown from the late week of January and the first week of February, kind of, so it was the big return of Ronda Rousey, so, but, um, WWE have to have a, <clears throat> a little bit of a talk with Ronda Rousey a bit about her attitude towards the fans when she came back and she came or seemed like a little bitter, so I mean, and truthfully, like, if this was a real person, I'd be bitter too, and I would tell the fans to fuck off too. Especially how she was treated last time she was here before she went and had her kid. I mean, she's speaking as a real person, though. I mean, so. Because does Ronda Rousey seem like the type who, let's say, forgives and forgets? No. No, not Ronda Rousey. I don't fucking think so about that. So, um, especially with her, though. But the cool thing is, she actually stayed from sports entertainment slash professional wrestling long enough that people actually missed her. You know what I mean? And they actually wanted when she was coming back. I mean, so. And here's the trick about doing this thing. Like, you got to stay away long enough so people can miss you. Because it's like what, the big, what Jim Cornette used to say. How can I miss you if you don't go away? You know? And Ronda Rousey went away for pretty much about a year. You know? Having a kid, raising her kid, all that stuff. I mean, so, you ain't good on her and all that shit. Even though I don't care for, like, her conspiracy theories, but she's kind of a dumb white woman, so what can you do? With that, um, anyway, so, but when she came out on Raw, though, she just pretty much felt like the American badass Undertaker, just in her vibe and her whole thing, and people were, like, popping for it, like, legit popping for it. There was no sweetening of crowd noise or anything like that, you know. I mean, it wasn't like a road warrior pop or anything like that, though. But it was actually a respectful pop. I mean, so, I mean. And she pretty much said, you know what? Like The Undertaker, or actually him quoting, like, Emilio Estevez from Young Guns. It's like, come on, you fuck with me, I'll make you famous. <laughs> you know. That's essentially what she said, that she's pretty much, no matter who has the belts, she's always going to be the main event. Now, some people might think that's a little heelish, I mean, so. But the problem with, like, the modern creative that isn't, like, Stephanie, Triple H, or Vince, though, is these undercart writers don't know history at all. And they're not understanding, like, the company that they work for, that they make money from, that they're lucky to get a job because they can't get a real job in TV, was built on personalities like such as Stone Cold Steve Austin or The Rock, sorry, that's Dwayne Johnson to Hollywood types and to the writers that you're writing from. I mean, the company World Wrestling Entertainment was built on those types of personalities that were honest with themselves and honest with their personas and they couldn't go with any preconceived notion of what a baby face and what a heel is, kind of, you know? Because Steve Austin 
made one of the greatest babyfaces of all time, actually, next to Hogan, would never be considered a babyface, like, ever, you know? And because he didn't really act like one, the only reason why he acted like one, because he turned his, like, heel tendencies towards, like, a bigger heel. That's the difference, you know, in Vince McMahon. And, you know, Dwayne, or that's The Rock to you, WWE fans, who still think he's actually coming back full-time, but never will, and he should not, pretty much had to do an inverse when he was muck Rocky Maivia, and he pretty much, he had to tell the fans to essentially fuck off, because this version of Rocky Maivia wasn't real, it wasn't honest, and the fans saw through that shit. They saw through the bullshit of Rocky Maivia. And one of the biggest problems with Ronda Rousey's big push when she first started because like it was a little too much too soon maybe a little bit and there was like a vocal section of the audience that felt the backlash of the big promotional machine that she had behind her which is understandable actually you know what i mean so and it didn't feel like that she quite earned the spot like becky lynch did and so forth like that but what Ronda Rousey, in my opinion, should really do is just embrace the hate, you know, and tell these fans to fuck off. You mean, so where the fuck were you when I was busting my ass for you, and now you want to cheer when I come back because I'm fucking gone? I tell them to suck my fucking dick, personally. You know what I mean? With that. And the problem is, they'll probably cheer more because the same thing had to happen with fucking Roman Reigns, really, when you have to embrace, like, his real personality and not try to be something that he fucking wasn't, you know what I mean? And that's one thing that WWE should fucking do. Let Ronda Rousey be fucking Ronda Rousey. Shit. I mean, so, because this version of Ronda Rousey, and she's positioned as, like, a babyface right now, is entertaining as hell. I mean, you know, she's cool, she's stoic, she doesn't talk that much, because she's not a, she's not a mad, she's not a money promo. She can be, when she's more, leans into the more realness of her actual personality, she's a money promo. Especially back in the day when she was pretty much doing this kind of work shoot persona, saying that she would kick like any WWE women's ass, really, because she was a legit fighter. She leaned into that. It was actually like refreshing and kind of cool and really fucking heelish. I mean, you know, I mean, the, and Ronda, you know, was kind of telling the truth back then. You know what I mean? The only person who could maybe, maybe take her was probably Natty Neihardt because her great-grandfather, Stu Hart, was a real shooter when he was a pro wrestler. He was an actual shooter, like in the style of Judo Gene LaBelle. Look him up, kids. Or ask Daniel Bryan about Gene LaBelle and the LaBelle lock. Anyway, so, I mean, that's Natty was probably the only one who could probably take her legit, probably, to a point. I would say just to end the run of Rousey, she needs to take the um she needs to take the Steve Austin like principle. That when he, Steve Austin started to rise, rise and rise, his character didn't give a fuck if he shared them or not, you know. He just pretty much kept doing what he was doing, you know what I mean? So and that's what you have to do. I mean, the rock the same way, like when he actually turned, you know, from the die rocky die and everything else, you know, it's like when he leaned into, like, who he fucking was, people just came along with him. And I think that's what has to happen with Ronda Rousey a little bit, you know? Like, she needs to be Ronda Rousey. If you are to be a babyface, like a pure, like, money-drawing babyface, 
let her be her, let people pay money to fight against her, like, but she needs a real big bat, like a Charlotte or a Becky Lynch, to fight against for now, but sooner or later, there's got to be a new big bat for her to fight, I mean, so, I mean, because you can't do the whole authority, but I bet this is what they'll do, just to feed their fucking egos a bit, like, Stephanie will try to become the big bat to Ronald Rousey again, because no matter how you know, corporate she is and how nice she is. She's still an egomaniac and she still thinks that like she can fucking draw. But she can she has to realize that she's never ever her fucking dad. And her dad at least had enough balls to, you know, take the hit and take the dive and do the job for the good business. Stephanie rarely ever did that. If she ever did, it's very rare she did. Even when she got screwed by Roman Reigns, and that was a huge pop, mind you, you know. But the pop was kind of wasted because they were trying to make Roman, still trying to make Roman. And the sudden he fucking wasn't. You know what I mean? So, back on that point, because but Rhonda, if she can be like a real babyface, like a real honest babyface, you know what I mean? So, I mean, she fights for herself. She doesn't fight for us, the fans. She fights for herself, okay, you know? And you gotta respect someone who just talks shit, kicks ass, because in real life, we would love to, like, talk shit and kick ass against our enemies, actually, you know, and really look cool doing, beating their ass. That's real life. That's what we aspire to be. And Ronda Rousey kind of hits that, I mean, so, because she's a legit MMA fighter, an actual, like, legend of, like, MMA and mixed muscle arts and combat sports. And, you know, in the right light, she's kind of hot, I mean, so. And she's fucking real, I mean, so, like Brock Lesnar fucking real, you know. I'm surprised they've never done, like, a mixed tag together. Huh. Anyway, um, with that being said, I think just, like, WWE just would be smart and just go old school and let Ronda be Ronda, and you will have a money drawing people. Not how much money you'll draw. You'll, if you really care about making more money instead of controlling your fucking product and shit, just let the talent be the talent. I mean, it's working for AEW. So, there you go. Now, one thing that's going on right now, which a lot of people are saying, including myself, that he needs to eventually fucking do, is Tony Khan's got to start to make fucking cuts. Because it's fucking time for him to do it, you know. But what's going on is, like, some lore car angles are getting abandoned with the whole thing. But as I said before, Tony's grabbed a lot of talent who are... They are very talented, and they have skill, but they're not quite ready for AEW, or they're not there in AEW yet, you know? And they could go to, like, other places, like higher in Indies or Impact, maybe NXT 2.0, I don't know. No, they have, like, a lot of contracted talent, like, with long contracts, I would think, that it's not paying off in, like, a business sense, actually, in a sports or a business sense, you know? And I don't understand, I sorry, I do understand Tony Khan starting to make some real cuts. I mean, so, and I'm not saying that he should cut some people, but maybe he should maybe cut some people who have been kind of bitching a little bit, you know what I mean, about their position in the car, kind of, or may have their wife do it. I'm just saying, I'm not saying any names on that shit, but, um, oh, well, on that. So, I mean, because I see people with talent and skill on dark and dark elevation, you know, and a lot of them won't ever graduate to, like, Dynamite or Rampage. I mean, so, 
which as anyone knows, Dynamite and Rampage are pretty much like the Raw and SmackDown of AEW, essentially. So, I mean, cause if you can graduate to there, then you definitely have an upward trajectory, kind of, you know what I mean? I mean, even Pierre Avalon, who was, like, there from the beginning, is pretty much freelancing now and still doing stuff for AEW, but he's not really, like, under super contract anymore. And he's kind of gone back to, like, the California Indies a little bit. So, and honestly, totally should bring him in, like, when he needs him for some certain thing or something, you know? And I love Pierre Avalon. I love the wingmen. I mean, that was a, a wild ride kind of, you know? But I have no problem with Pierre Avalon going back to and he's like doing something different a little bit. I mean, so, I mean, and honestly, he's grabbed Tony Khan, has grabbed a lot of NXT guys like Tony Nice, and he's still signing some people from NXT. I mean, so he's like Kyle Riley and Bobby Fish or anything like that, you know, and which brings back the Undisputed Era, which is cool, and Team Red Dragon. I mean, I get it, mind you, it's cool. But, um, I just think personally that Tony Khan has got to slow the fuck down a bit, you know what I mean? In his signing, you know. Because in my opinion, just if you just make someone hashtag all elite, what's the plan for them? Really, I mean, is it like a per appearance thing? Is it like a more lower edge, like contract, which is like bomb in the barrel, like kind of like sports kind of, you know? Because we as fans don't know the full context of that. I mean, so. Because you know, and even Vince will tell you, actually, know, if it doesn't work out, yo, sometimes it just doesn't. I mean, so, which actually leads me into, like, my other thing I want to talk about right now. So, yeah, because this goes into, like, the whole big swole thing, actually, you know. Now, if you guys don't know the story, that pretty much, like, big swole and toy con, quote, I'm using big quotation marks here. Like, Michi agreed that, like, it wasn't a good fit for her in AWA more, and, like, and, um, and even, but one thing I want to say, because I want to do, like, a little more research about what's going on here, it's like, you know, and, like, and, and ironically, because it's Black History Month, or I call it Black Future Month, kind of, but I gotta say something, because here's the basic story, okay, that pretty much Tony Khan Big Swole had, like, a mutual agreement that it wasn't going to work out between them anymore because she wasn't fulfilled, and Tony Khan found out later that, like, he wasn't enthused by her recent work. So, I mean, that's just how the fuck it is. I mean, so, that's business. How it is, so. But where this goes off the rails here, and, yes, I'm a black man, actually, and to be honest, I've been a black person longer than... Big Swole's been a black person. I mean, so, in this business, kind of. What went off the rails is, like, what she kind of said, like, on her podcast called Swole World. And she said that one of the things she talked about, there was, like, oh, the disorganization of AEW. But, you know what? They're a new company. Come on. It's like, you know, and Tony Khan is doing, like, a sports team, and they're still learning what the fuck they need to do there. But, like, also, which kind of pissed me off was, she was talking about, like, oh, racism. And, like, here, okay, here's my take on that shit, okay? Some people, okay, in the 1980s, a lot of, like, white Republicans would call, like, people like Jesse Jackson and whoever, like, race hustlers and blah, blah, right? I mean, that's what they would say. And so, and I thought we were dead with that term, but here's the problem is because 
I'm not saying Big Soul is playing absolute racism because why she didn't get the fuck over, you know. But here's the... Uh, I'm thinking about this because I want to be respectful because I actually looked at the whole story and like, and there's a lot more to the story. He also said like Tony Khan, she also said that Tony Khan didn't apologize for like his comments. That, and what he pretty much said was like, she her wrestling wasn't up to par. I mean so. And like, and she got all mad about this, but here's about that. Like, now her and this other. African-American wrestling, Lee Moriarty, were kind of talking about, like, how he would talk to Tony Khan and how, like, AEW was, like, being, was underserving the black audience in AEW, kind of, you know. And if you don't know who Lee Moriarty is, that's fine. He's pretty much a jobber with a Black Panther outfit. I mean, that's what the fuck he is. I'm sorry. He is. I mean, so, he's got this cool Black Panther-type outfit, you know. Decent worker, you know, so. But nothing really special about him, like, and one of the big things that Swole was kind of saying, you know, oh, there's no, like, African-American or black heavyweights on the top floor, kind of, you know, right there. I mean, that's a big thing, especially with AEW starting with that, kind of, it's kind of like, um, sorry, and my thoughts are kind of all over the place, because as a black man, I want to be sympathetic towards her, but as a wrestling fan, as a black wrestling fan, I kind of got to go, uh, baby, this is a little bit of bullshit here. And her husband is, like, Cedric Alexander of, like, WWE's, like, the Hurt Business, you know? Great, like, mug guy, amazing talent, could be a real star or something, you know? But, like, but how it's been framed right now and how she's framed herself, she's doing herself no favors, she's kind of framed as, like, that and racism is the reason why that she didn't get what she wanted in AEW, you know, which, some, and like I said, I'm an older man, and there's a point that's, that's kind of absolute bullshit, you know, and, and maybe I can kind of say it because I know people like a Booker T, like Tony Atlas and Rocky Johnson, like, to point The Rock, but some people don't consider The Rock black, whatever, you know, so, but his dad is a black man, you know, so, or... And then, there's one thing that's like, I'm not saying that, like, her daughter didn't say this thing, but her daughter was supposedly saying that, like, there's no one in AEW who doesn't look like me, blah, blah, you know? Even though there's, like, a lot of people on WWE that resemble her and her father, like Bobby Lashley, like MVB, like Seth Alexander, like Sheldon Benjamin, like, who else? Ember Moon, who's just left, I get that, who just left. You know, just feel like Sasha Banks. So for her, like her child to say, like, there's no one that looks like her on like wrestling television. That's a bunch of bullshit. You know, may not AEW, not right now. And here's one thing right now, because with that, and one other thing that, and she kind of got on Tony Khan because like she actually talked about like his, like, like his achievements of having people of color. Like, coming up right now, like, Jay Cargill, like, Powerhouse Hobbs, like, Captain Sean Dean, and stuff like that, you know, like, and she's saying that, like, that Tony is trying to do that because he's trying to, like, negate what her experience was in AEW. Is there a truth to that? Maybe. I don't know. I really don't fucking know, but, like, here's the thing, though. But you can't say, like, okay, 
I gotta give you like a little bit of history lesson. So I mean, like back in like the nineties and WCW, there was like a big racial discrimination lawsuit against WCW in the nineties, like the early nineties, before like this guy named Howard By Walker, which I found out he's actually a nephew of like Thunderbolt Patterson, and he did that, and. Also, because he got pretty much, like, attacked by the Nasty Boys. Was it racial with the Nasty Boys? I don't fucking know. But know the fucking Nasty Boys, like Brian Nobbins, Jerry Sags? You don't fucking know. And there's that, and, like, and he's saying... And Brian Walker was saying that he deserved to have... Be on the same pay scale as fucking motherfucking Ric Flair. And I've seen Bobby Walker's work. I watched it. He wasn't that great. And also because... It's wrestling, you know. He was booked to look like a buffoon, okay, you know. Sorry, Bobby Walker, this shit isn't fucking real, okay. It's not. I mean, so. And also, at the time, black people in culture, it isn't like it is in 2022 now. I mean, so. Where black people, black culture, like, dominates a lot of things, you know. And especially with, like, you know, like, with. Especially with, like, the whole event of, like, George Floyd, pretty much, and even back in the 90s, you had, like, Rodney King, the nice kind, you know, and how, like, especially now, with that thing, because, like, black culture is so, like, prevalent now in entertainment, you know, like, and you can have, like, African Americans stretching the roles of what they think they, they can't do and blah, blah, I mean, we have, like, people like Idris Elba, Possibly being James Bond may not happen, but you never know. But Idris Elba is like a legitimate star. Here's my point, okay? That one, there's like, especially in like 2022, there's like this weird fucking bullshit sense of entitlement, you know, a young among like younger people that think that they deserve shit because like they're just fucking here. Like that old song, Respect Yourself, from the Staple Singers, and what Bruce Willis tried to come crap, you know. There's this one line in that song, Respect Yourself, saying, like, you think the world owes you something because you're here, you know, like, and they don't. And for Big Swole, the wrestling world and the real world doesn't owe you anything because you're fucking here. I'm sorry, okay? And let's be real about this, okay? Big Swole is trying to throw, like, this narrative that she wasn't given anything, okay, you know? But if you look at her fucking history... In AEW, it's pretty major, especially for like a black woman at that time at the start of AEW, kinda. Think about it. She was like in the prevalent shows like Dark and Dynamite, you know. She was like in the open match stuff. She was very, very popular, you know. And you forget, she was like Brick Baker, Dr. Brick Baker, you know, their big golden boy, sorry, golden girl, heel. She was like Britt Baker's like big first big opponent she had, you know. You know, Britt Baker, D M D, you know. And then they had like a thing, they got blow up the pay-per-view, and then Swole went back to like the opening match shit. To like dark, maybe, and made dark elevation, you know. And one thing, and I'm sorry to like, you know what? Britt Baker was cut over and Troy Carl was pushing her. Britt Baker got over. But you didn't, okay? That's one thing that she doesn't want to admit to her fucking self that maybe, just maybe, you were good being a spot. You know what I mean? And also, 
there's a lot of women of color who have held like the AEW fucking women's title, okay? Nara Rose, you know, African American and Native American, okay? But no one talks about Nara Rose because maybe she's not black, I don't know. Yeah, fucking like Riho, like Asian American, Josie wrestler, the first AEW women's champion. And also, like, you have, um, like, who else, like, and Hirokaru Shida, like, another Asian woman who was, like, the AEW, sorry, AEW <laughs> women's champion, you know, like, they both had their runs, they went as far as they did, you know, it's like, but for some reason, you know, and also, she was, like, she was in the shows, she was very popular, and she didn't have, like, a low spot on being the elite, okay? And here's one thing that maybe that Big Swole can't seem to get. Like, if you can't get over on being the elite, you're not going to get over. Hell, Flip Gordon got over with the whole book flip thing, okay? Who else got over, like, the dark or gets over. Like, if you can't find a niche on being the elite, maybe, maybe you just don't have it. Maybe you don't. Sorry. I mean, so shit. I mean, but you just came like racism because you didn't get over and wasn't giving you what you want. I have to call a little bit of bullshit because maybe, maybe because I'm at a certain age because like, and I grew up when like Ron Simmons, you know what I mean? Well, sorry, let me, sorry, I'm going to do like a short little lesson about like black attractions in wrestling or black male bears in wrestling. And believe me, it's very fucking short, okay, you know. And I grew up with, like, people, well, like, I think King Parsons. Because I'm from Texas, world-class championship wrestling. King Parsons was, like, pretty much, like, a mid-card act kind of, you know. But I grew up also in the 90s, like, Ron Simmons becoming, like, the world heavyweight champion for WCW. The first legit black world heavyweight champion for WCW. And then there was, like, Junkyard Dog, who were pretty much, like, in the big world of the WWF. At the time, you know, he was just kind of like a supporting character, side player, you know. But he still was one of the most popular wrestling attractions in the history of the fucking business. Wherever he fucking went. So that's the winner. Judging our dog, you know what I mean? And then you have like more nice, like, with Ron Simmons. Also like Tuco Scorpio. Great, like, high flyer cruiserweight kind of, you know. And black people have been sprinkled about in wrestling for a while, you know, and I keep thinking about, like, something that Brandy Rhodes kind of said, actually, you know, um, in the start of AEW, like, in, like, big corporate companies, you have to have, like, that one black face or that one black talent just to fit that fucking quota, and what AEW wanted to do, they wanted to kind of, like, break that, okay, you know, well, that's what Brandy kind of said, Brandy Rhodes kind of said, you know, so, and I will talk about her in a minute, so, but, um, what you're seeing right now, especially like in WWE and AEW right now, I mean, in WWE, it's probably, they're probably like a little more black people because, but a lot of the black people, the black talent they have, a lot of them have been there forever. Like Kofi, like Bobby Lashley, like Cedric Alexander, MVP, they know the system they've been through, they've been rewarded for their time of just working hard, kind of. I mean, so, with that. But back to my little history lesson, you know. I grew up like Booker T, because one of my best friends, this guy named like Deshaun or Sister, I haven't talked to him in fucking years, but it doesn't matter. But 
me and him bonded over like Booker T because as an African American, he was our Bret Hart. Okay, he was like the African American version of Bret the Hitman Hart. He was a technical marvel who could fucking like do technical stuff, and he could fucking wrestle matches. Okay, and Booker T has gone through some shit. Okay, you know, and he's gone through this, he's gone through some real racism. Okay, not this crap that like fucking. Uh, big Swole is saying shit. He's like, really? You're white? Believe me, Booker T and like Bobby Lashley and stuff like that went through some real shit. And Ron Simmons went through some real shit. I mean, so. And the shit that you're whining about, it's like, seriously, get the fuck out of here with that. I mean, so, I mean you had a top shot with like the top heel. You had a shot on being the elite. It didn't work. You were popular. You even brought in, like, your old partner from, like, the Indies, like, Lil Swole. But the thing is, like, I got a quote, like, um, the late, great China. Nothing was working with her anyway. Like, nothing was working with, like, fucking Big Swole, you know? Because her, her, her punches were shit, okay? As a wrestling fan, her fucking punches were, like, Dayboy Smith, like, subpar. They were. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? And she did that, and she'd do, like, a little A, blah, blah. She'd, like, flex her muscles, do, like, her little stick. But there's nothing that was compelling about her as a talent, you know? Like, so, she gets mad because Tony Khan says, like, her work wasn't up to par. And then Leo Rush, who I respect as a talent, was saying, like, to Tony Khan, shame on you. Now, if I was Tony Khan, if you said that shit to me, I would... I would have fired you right there. I don't give a fuck. Well, who the fuck are you, Leo Rush? Shit, I mean, so I would have fired you like I would say, let you go, blah, whatever. I mean, so because for him to say like shame on you, it's kind of like no. And and I've watched a lot of Swole's matches. Believe me, like she's a lot gaga, but not a lot of meat. Okay, I'm just saying that right now because there's no meat to like her sizzle. She's just a lot of sizzle. And right now, because in like, I'm just saying that like Big Swole had like a pretty fair chance to get over in AEW. And yeah, she was popular, but like she wasn't popular enough for the fans to respond to her enough, actually, you know. And that's just kind of reality that made that she doesn't want to admit to herself, you know, that maybe. Because if you're going to blame like, you didn't go because cut your skin, and oh, this goes back to like um, the Bobby Lashley, sorry, excuse me, hard work Bobby Walker thing that happened actually. You now, after like that lawsuit in WCW in the nineties, kind of, you know, and um, they actually did like WCW went to like this kind of weird panic mode where they actually like clowned a lot of like African American talent. To win titles in WCW just to cover their own ass, you know, racist or not, it was there to cover their own ass. It just fucking was. I mean, so there's nothing wrong with that kind of, you know. But then between like then, with Sunny Ono and all that stuff, and now, is the talent that they're pushing AEW, the talent's kind of earned their spot, kind of, you know. I mean, like Jay Cargill, who's been a project for at least the bare part of like what? Five months, kind of? I mean, so, not that long. Like, three to five months, he's been, like, a project, you know what I mean? So, 
this is something they're like building to. And I call her because she has like the Lex Luger thing. She has an amazing look, you know, so it's very hip, very sexy, muscled, and she's not a bad worker. It's like, you know, she's not going to be like fucking, what's her name? Um, Oh, I'm so drunk. Serena Deeb. She's not going to be like Serena Deeb, like the woman of a thousand holds. She's not going to be that, you know. And that's not her spot, but like right now, and she's like the TNT champion. That's been in the works for like pretty much a few months, you know what I mean, so. And then, with Team Taz, because like, I got to go back to Team Taz, because like, that's kind of like a multi-racial type of group, kind of, so I respect it, because Powerhouse Hobbs, after a long while of being kind of like in the background a little bit, he's actually getting a little love right now. And he's in a spot, like, under Ricky Starks, kind of, you know? He's kind of the heavy. He's the muscle. That's the role. And stuff like that. And, um... And, like... So... And Lee Moriarty. I don't know if that's, like, a conversation thing for him. He's doing the biggest match of his life against Daniel Bryan soon. And when this comes out, the match probably will have passed or something, you know? So I don't know what that's going to go, but, like, even if he, like, does a good show against Daniel Bryan, Lee Moriarty needs to quit, like, lying about his bullshit. You got a chance to shine with Daniel Bryan. Just show Tony Khan what the fuck he's missing. If you want, like, black talent to be, like, on the top, kind of, you know what I mean? The closest person who can probably do it right now is probably, right now it's Keith Lee because of his NXT stuff and Keith Lee and... He's in AEW, so he's actually in the most perfect place. You like, you can be athletic, you can be a person of color, be athletic, and you can go to the top. Actually, you now, will Keith Lee be like AEW champion? I mean, if he has like the people, and people know him from WWE, so if anyone, any man of color, who could be on that top run, kind of, you know, it's gonna be Keith Lee. So, think about it. He's big, he's a leg, he's, he's like well-spoken, he's a great ambassador. Let's see if Tony Khan will give him what he needs. And I think Tony Khan will, okay? But up to that, but like, things can change right now because, but her saying that Tony Khan is racist or there's like a lack of diversity in AEW, it's kind of like, this stuff that she doesn't watch the show. You know, it's like, and she doesn't watch the show. It's like, because there's a lot, even in the beginning of AEW, there's pretty much like a lot of good indie talent. Like the Josie from like starting blah, blah. The Asian, like constituent also. And it's going like the best way they could do. Like, the funny thing is like, because Lee Moriarty was saying like, he was talking to Tony Khan and he's saying that like the black eyes is like underserved kind of and like, Maybe because, like, they haven't built any real back stars yet. I mean, Sean Dean, like, he does the stuff from, like, okay, if you don't know who Sean Dean is, he actually has, like, a black guy with, like, he has, like, a Top Gun type of gimmick, kind of, you know? He has, like, the bomber jacket and the, you know, aviator shades, blah, blah. It's very, like, Maverick from Top Gun. Oh, my God! Fucking Top Flight! I mean, so, like, Dante and Martin and, like, his brother, kind of, you know, they're, like, light-skinned. African-American boys kind of, you know, and, you know, we black people know each other. We do. 
you know, they're pretty much like the modern-day team are protecting like the Rockers or the Rock and Roll Express or the Hardy Boys. That's what Top Flight is. Fucking private party. Jesus Christ. You mean it's like, which pretty much, they're kind of like, maybe the modern-day Midnight Express kind of? I don't know if they're that big, but like, good team. Like, there's talent. They haven't won the tax house yet, you know. So that, that hasn't happened yet, so that needs to happen for him. And then there's that, and there's like, what's it, like Narrows and like other people. Oh, fucking what's her name? Um, Red Velvet. I mean, so, and I don't care much Red Velvet. I, she has a great look, though. And they're trying to push her through, like, she's himself in the NWA, did some stuff um, a little bit. And she has that gimmick, like, straight from your Mars kitchen, blah, blah. And her boyfriend is, like, Wes Briscoe. So, that's a plus in there, I guess. And, like, Red Velvet could be something. Oh, and they just signed Kiera Hogan, too. Who maybe could be something. And Kiera has the skill. And so, there's a lot of talent that's bringing in Lexi. Because, I'm just saying, because I'm rambling right now, I feel like that. It's... This form of entitlement that, and you're saying that, like, she deserves something, or she didn't get what she fucking wants, like, maybe, maybe you're not up to it, you know, it's like, that's real life, I mean, I hate that sucks, you know, but, like, but to say that Tony Khan's racist, or just, like, a lack of diversity, like, and on screen, yeah, there's, should be more diversity on screen, blah, 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 and, and there should be, like, people of color in the back, too, they need to be, Oh, this goes like like Brandy Rhodes a little bit because like Brandy Rhodes kind of like has caught some shit, you know, and there's like a lot of fans who just like don't like her, blah blah. Is it racial? Heavy racial? Sure, probably. Yeah, I wouldn't debate that at all. Fucking hey, means so. But also because I'm speaking as a fan, and I try to defend her because it seems like she's trying hard, but like her ring work fucking sucks going her ring work is shit and no more how she tried to hide her ring work her ring work really fucking sucks okay she was in that tag team with Allie called the Nightmare Sisters and even Allie couldn't save her going from herself kind of you know like and Brandy I mean like I said the best match she ever had was against like Santana Garrett who's like a real fucking hand in the business and so and Santana make, made her look, like, somewhat decent. But no one else has, like... And Brandy, like, if you love the business, like, maybe... Just fucking work out. Oh, she had a kid. Yeah, she had a little... Little kid. I'm sorry about that. I forgot about that. I did. But... Brandy, if you want to be seen as a wrestler... Do the fucking work. You know? And just because you are a black woman... It's going to be double hard for you. And you're, right, you're probably asking questions like, why can't it be, like, fucking simple? Why can't it be, like, ego across the board? Because real life ain't fucking like that. Is it? And so, sorry, it isn't. And so, Jesus Christ, like, I should be a fucking movie star. If real life were fair and everything was based on merit and talent, I would be a fucking movie star instead of living in a fucking trailer in fucking Koreatown, you know, trying to get my career going at an older age. It's bullshit. Come on. So, I mean... Life ain't fair. But I'm just kind of like sick and tired of people thinking that they're old shit. And so, and, and yeah, 
And also, you can work hard as hell, and you may never still get it. That's just reality. You know what I mean? But with that swole, everything else is kind of like... Sometimes, it isn't the cards. It just isn't sometimes. You know what I mean? And with Swole saying like, oh, because of racism, blah, blah, and I didn't get over, and yada, yada, yada. And then, like, she's mad because if I was totally con, and you call my company racist, no. I'd be fucking mad at that shit. And he fucking struck back. And good on him. You know, fuck that shit. Don't let this chick say your company's racist when you're fucking not. Like, defend yourself. And that's what Tony Khan did. But a lot of people didn't like that shit, you know. I mean, people are literally just fucking snowflakes. I swear to fucking God. I mean, so, I mean, it's like maybe you should, like, grow a fucking pair and, like, own up to your shit. I'm just saying, right now, because, as you can tell, I've been drinking a little bit, that, yeah, racism happens in every facet of life, especially if you're a person of color. It fucking happens. I mean, so, it kind of sucks. But, you know what? Just deal with it, because what you did is pretty much saying, like, you need to be above it. Like, what's going to happen, like, if you go to, like, let's say, WWE or Impact or New Japan and you don't get over there, Big Swole? You're going to blame racism then? You know what I mean? So, but Jay Cargo's over, but you're not, okay? Like I said, Paralyzed Hobbs could be, like, the world champion? Eh. TNT champion? Definitely. Not TNT champion, sorry. Um, oh, it's TNT. Yeah, TNT champion. Sorry. TNT champion? Yeah. He could get there. So, I mean, so what's going to happen? Like, that's the question I want to ask her, really. What's going to happen when you don't get over somewhere else? I mean, so. And right now, she's like a world champion of some, like, little indie promotion, blah, blah, outside the box, kind of, you know? And Tony Khan calls you a local leader. He'd love to have you back. And then, as soon as you leave, you kind of talk shit. And so, no. Like, if I was an employer, I'd be like, uh, I don't want that shit back in here. I don't want that one back in here. I wouldn't want that. So, so I got to defend Tilly Khan here. And maybe some people just need to maybe take responsibility. So, and maybe my opinion, professionally, Big Soul needs to take like a little responsibility to why she fell in AEW. That is how I fucking feel about it, you know. So. And this in the, um, this just in file actually because I've been watching a little bit more off and on because I have like a week off kind of, you know, but I can't believe that of all people, Matt fucking Cardona is the NWA world champion. Literally. Fucking formerly known as Zack Ryder is the NWA National Wrestling Alliance world champion. That's fucking crazy. Okay, I mean. And even when he went against like Trevor Murdoch, I didn't think he was actually going to fucking win. I did not think he was going to actually win against Trevor Murdoch. I swear to God. I didn't, did not think that was going to happen. Oh my God. That was fucking crazy. But then I found that he fucking won the title. But here's the cool thing about this, though. For Matt Cardona, on his side, really, he actually has a belt that's been held by, like, Ric Flair, 
the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, Sting, the Great Muda. Who else? I'll version with Rousing Rick Rude, but not the NRA world title, but like, it's the world title. He has a title that's been held by like, Frank Hassensmith, Carl Gotch, like real people. And there's some haters that will say that, oh, it's not the real NWA, not the JCP NWA, or the NWA from like, the territory days. And technically it's not. Mind you, it's also a belt that's been held by like Christian Cage, you know. Or Kristen, if you're a WWE fan, but still. Matt Cardona winning the NWA world title. Like his first legit real world title. I mean, nothing against the impact, like digital championship. Okay, whatever, you know. Try and make it bigger than it is, and you should, but like, um but he's actually held a belt that actually has like a real lineage of like a lot of the most influential wrestlers in the history of the business. AJ Styles, you know, he was in the world champion. Jeff Jarrett, Raven, I guess you mean so. There's a lot of people like from past and present that have held like this title, like real stars in Monday wrestling and stars from the past has held like this title. And because of like it since it's lightning one and the lineage that's been kind of broken off since like Jim Crockett's like WCW broke off from the NWA and all that shit. And that's like a whole another story, I guess. But like, since I'm not doing some wrestling shame or it's going to be something that you have to find like, and no wrestling podcast kind of, you know, but I got to give it to like Matt Cardona. Holy shit. You know what I mean? If you really put it like in a real sports shoot field kind of, you know, this title is bigger than like his intercontinental title win actually, you know, but it depends if you think of like pro wrestling in like a sports type of like concept. I mean, the NWA world title, the National Wrestling Alliance world title, Matt Cardona holds that, that's fucking awesome. That's amazing. And then like, he's gonna like hook up with Nick all this soon actually, so... Which, think about the heat that Matt Cardona is getting right now. And like I said, he's living his best wrestling life life right now. Excuse me. He's living his best wrestling life right now. <sighs> My diction gets fucked up, especially if I have like a bunch of like fucking rum. But it is what it is, kind of. You know what I mean? But I'm actually like real talk. I'm proud of him for doing that. Oh my god, that's like really great. And I'm actually looking forward to like the matchup between him and all this. And where does Trevor Murdoch like figure into this? You know, because he's gotta have his rematch or something, you know, at least like one rematch against Matt Cardona. Cause the way I write is like Trevor Murdoch will actually like can't meet Matt Cardona, can't beat him. And then like Cardona goes against all this and all this beats him. And everything's kind of right with the world, but except all this will be like a babyface champion instead of like a heel champion when he had like his whole strictly business thing, which I don't understand. I don't understand Blech. why there still is a strictly business. I don't fucking get it. I mean, so I mean, I would change myself with something totally different. You know, what I mean? so it's not really strictly business without Nick Aldis, but that's just how I feel about that little thing there, you know? And what else about that, I guess? And um, and that's kind of crazy right there. Uh, 
And finally, just to end, like, this final episode of some wrestling shit, and even I can't believe it to this day, but right now, Cody and Brandy Rhodes have left All Elite Wrestling. Holy shit. Like, I never thought that would fucking happen for real. But it's happened. It's a deal. Tony Khan released a statement. Brandy and Cody have released their statements. And it's, for now, it seems like it's fucking, it seems like a shoot right now. Oh, my God. Like a shizoot. I mean, Jesus Christ, you know. And they're saying, like, with some people, that like, Cody is actually talking to go back to WWE, which, I mean, but if this is true, like, but all I'll say on that, because, like, the contract has to be fucking huge for him to go back. I mean, you know, he needs, like, some form of credit control or, like, a certain amount of money that can trump what he got from Tony Khan. Because, mind you, he wasn't just a talent in AEW. He was the executive vice president. He had a lot of work to help build AEW to what it what has become right now. This is why I think it's like, and I use this in like air quotes, fucking insanity to rehire the guy after he left you, create like the biggest, com- the biggest competition you've had in 20 years since the Monday Night War, since WCW and AEW, and you're rehiring him back? Really? Is that really going to fucking happen? I mean, but Vince, if Vince or whoever, hire, or Nick Khan, whoever, Hires him back, they're gonna clown the fuck out of him. You know what I mean? They're gonna like trash his ass. I mean, so, cause he pretty much helped create like WWE's like main challenging competition against them right now because the the Wednesday Night Wars, ugh, that was a fucking joke, okay? There's no Wednesday Night War. Like, AEW like ran over NXT. I mean, so, ran over it so bad, like, Vincent Man took it the fuck over. And, Brought back his whole, like, early 90s, like, vibe kind of to NXT. What the fuck, ever Like, it's the new generation of NXT. Whatever, like, sorry. If you guys don't know the whole new generation thing, this was the era before the Add to era, which you actually have people like Bret Hart, Tatanka, Batman Bigelow, Diesel, or Kevin Nash before he became Kevin Nash in WCW. Mind you, but that's where, like, the NXT has become right now. But I'm a little rang a bit, but, like, I'm saying, like, if Cody and Brandy are talking to WWE and they are going back, the money has to be huge, you know? Because that that's actually had, like, a lot more responsibilities in AEW than they ever did in WWE. It's, like, one of the reasons why I think they fucking left. I mean, so. But that's near here nor there with that, I guess. I mean, so, I mean. If they're actually talking, if that's real. But then some people are saying, well, I'm saying it might be work because they still have like rows to the top, like the little reality series on TVT, TNT. Ugh. They have their real reality TV series. And um, a lot of stuff too that they have their kind of hands in, kind of, you know? So I don't think they're going to leave like TNT anytime soon. And, like, this one guy who did on, like, Wrestling Inc., like, him working for, like, Time Warner or has, like, something in Time Warner while working for, like, World Wrestling Entertainment, it could be a conflict of interest. So, it could be, like, a very elaborate work or 
maybe Cody and Brandy are going to take some time off and actually concentrate on, like, the next part of their life, kind of, because it was talking that, like, Cody, maybe in Georgia, might run for, like, government or Congress. It was something they were chatting about. Maybe they were trolling the people. I don't fucking know. And they are talking about that, really. And, um, I will see, like, my personal thing as a fan, like, why? Why would you want to take a demotion, you know, from where you were? You helped create, like, you help you helped change wrestling, Cody. And then all of a sudden, you're going to go back for a fucking paycheck to WWE? That seems retarded to me. Yeah, I said retarded. Fuck you. So. Sorry, I'm just saying, like, all the success, like, the mess success you have for, like, the past, like, two and a half years, even, like, a year before, like, AEW was doing a thing with being the elite, creatively, financially, you're going to go and take a step back to WWE? I don't understand that. I really fucking don't. I mean, so. But then, I don't know the logistics. I mean, doesn't stay back in AEW. And a lot of people who have gone to AEW are saying that they may not go back to WWE. Or they shouldn't go back yet, but, like, we don't know their careers, you know, and all that. Um, all I'm saying, like, whatever, like, Cody and Brandy do, let's hope it's good for them in their lives. I mean, so, if it's even back in WWE, then fucking fine, whatever, so... But, like, what is Cody going to bring to, like, that sanitized bullshit product to WWE? That's the real question I just got to ask. I mean, what are they going to really bring, and so, to them? It's like, unless they got a guy from, like, AEW, but then... This one guy on, you know, Wrestling Inc. Kind of brought a point, like, if you actually lost Cody and Brandy, and then, like, you have all these other things, it's kind of like, it's almost an indictment of, um... May AEW isn't quite where it needs to be yet. I mean, so it's very successful right now, but it's not quite where it needs to be as far as like business goes, which kind of ties into the whole big swole thing a little bit, I guess. But that's, you know, near here or there, I guess. And um, I'm just wondering what the future's going to hold for like the Rose family. Can I ask? Now, just to wrap this up, actually, you know, I want to thank all the fans who actually were big fans of some wrestling shit. So, but like I said, I've always realized that I can't really give the real work to some wrestling shit like I would like to. Because honestly, since the Monday Night Wars, like, my viewing habits are like hit and miss kind of, you know. Like I said, I do like dark, made dark elevation. And I watch like ups and downs on like Simon Miller on YouTube, really, you know to see what's catching up with stuff, I mean, so, but I can't really, like, give my best work or my best critique about what's going on in modern wrestling, because I kind of, like, I don't follow it like I did, like, 20 years ago, because I actually have a life now, and, like, a fucking adult, I mean, so, fortunately, I mean, so, I mean, but one thing I have to say, because this will be replaced by, like, actually three new series, actually, so, I mean, which I would do, because Saturdays will still be a thing, you know, I mean, and there's a Saturday that's actually coming up pretty soon. So, and, but the R3 series will be, no one will be called, like, No Hit Wonder, which pretty much were, like, hit songs that are, like, 
big like somewhere else other than America, kind of. Also, one decade wonder, and you've seen like a version of it actually, you know, I did like a thing on like that nice like Jewish rap crew called Third Base, kind of, you know. That was kind of like one decade wonder, that's one thing. That's gonna be another series I'm gonna implement at least once or twice a month, kind of, you know, because for the Paris station, for me to do the Paris station the way I need to do it, I have to do it like the last Sunday of every month for me. So I can't really do it. But if I can do like an, some extra content, I'll definitely do it actually now. And I have a Patreon. If you actually like what, what I do, actually, I have a Patreon called Ian Lauren's Paris Station on Patreon. You know, go and find it. You know, it's like, and you want to like give me like a little buck here and there to help me support to do what, what I'm kind of doing. If you actually like what I do, you know, I say thank you. Please support me. And, um, and I'm trying to like expand what I'm doing, but like just to change it for like 2022, kind of you know, there'll be like one decade wonder, no hit wonder. And since I am like an actor, like a non union actor, there's probably a thing which I'll probably do for like the March shot. It'll be Adventures of a Zealous Actor. So, I mean, you know, because why am I'm a zealous like non union actor? I mean, I'm a nobody, but I actually know, like, famous people and have, like, famous situations because I've been in L.A. forever, kind of. But that's what's going up. I want to thank you so much for supporting some wrestling shit. And to quote the great Ricky Rockman, keep one foot in the gutter and one fist in the gold. This is Ian K. Lauren, and you are now leaving the Paris station.